Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand, and it is so good to be with you on this Tuesday. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I, I would like to uh, let you know, and I'll apologize. Of course, uh, we were not able to um, get to our podcast on Friday. Uh, sometimes things come up, but uh, we certainly um, are wanting you to know that we it's not that we don't want to be here, but sometimes, you know, life... It just uh, gets uh, uh, going. Everybody ought to know about that thing. And we did uh, load up a uh, couple of extra podcasts on uh, Monday, I believe, of last week. And uh, so we're just going to move right along uh, here with what we've been studying about God's love and what it looks like. What does God's love look like? Before we go to that, let's go to the Heavenly Father. Dear Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we give you glory because you are worthy. Hallelujah. You are worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be lifted up. You're worthy to be given honor. Hallelujah. And we want to thank you. Hallelujah. For your word that guides us and leads us. Yes. And Lord, you've given us a word about your love. You've talked to us, Lord, about your love and what it looks like and what it ought to look like in us as your people. And so God, guide us and lead us as we study this, as we learn, Lord, how to love your way. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, Lord, teach us to love your way. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God is worthy to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, well, podcasts, they're supposed to be different. And, you know, you're supposed to be having people on there you be talking about things and, and this that and the other and maybe invite somebody on well we might invite somebody on later on but uh i'll tell you this podcast is all about god's whole word hallelujah and so we are not going to veer from that we've got to be in the word if we're going to call it god's whole word we're going to have to be in the whole word amen and so that's what we want to do and so god has uh, moved on me in these last uh, few uh, days along the way uh, maybe even weeks that we've been in uh, this study about what God's love looks like. And uh, so we will be finishing it up here pretty soon, but uh, we want to get it all done. We want to talk about what the whole word of God says about God's love here in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. And so if you would, I'd like to direct y'all. Uh, if you've got a, uh, now we in the King James, y'all know that's what I do. And uh, we want to encourage you to get the word out. Break out the word. Hallelujah. Break out the word. Yes, sir. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this is what so many people call the love chapter. And it is something far greater than any other written form uh, about love. Because God has said it. Hallelujah. God has said it. So when God says it, there's going to be some depth to it. There's going to be something about it that's going to get a hold of our soul. Or it ought to. It ought to get a hold of our soul. and ought to change us and make us different than what we uh, were. You know, the Bible says to put on Christ. And let this mind be uh, in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And when you read that uh, passage, it's talking about being a servant. And you know, uh, the servant loves uh, their master and Jesus is our master he is our Lord he is our king and so we want to look to him about how to love amen and so we are uh, moving on to verse 6 we're moving on to verse 6 in chapter 13 of 1st Corinthians and so uh, we're going to just kind of camp out here 
And what verse 6 says, Rejoice not in iniquity. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. Love don't do that. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. No, it don't. And then it goes on to say, comma, you know, there's a comma, and then it says, but rejoiceth in the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. It don't rejoice in iniquity. You say, well, what does iniquity mean? If you're new to the podcast, or maybe you're new serving the Lord, and maybe you don't know what the word iniquity means. It means sin. Flat out, no two ways about it. Iniquity is sin. And so, when the Bible tells us rejoice not in iniquity, love don't do that. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. It means exactly that. And I, I have seen folks that claim to be Christian. Now, this podcast is geared toward those that are wanting to serve the Lord and you want to learn how to live for God and all of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not any better than that. I listen to other folks, too. You know, just because you're a preacher or just because you're a minister or a teacher or whatever you are, you got to learn, too. We're all going to be learning till the Lord comes. And so I, I listen to the preachers, too, and I listen to what they got to say, too. And uh, so, but but, you know, we, we, want to, we want to look at God's word. What does it say when it says rejoice not in iniquity? I have seen folks. Now, come on. You got to hear now. There's a podcast, and so we're going to talk. And um, I've seen folks that does uh, claim, they do claim, does claim, do claim, whatever the proper English. They claim that they believe in the Lord. And that's how they'll say it. They, they, a lot of times you got folks that say, oh, I believe in the Lord. They, you hardly ever hear them say, I love the Lord with all my heart. And, they, and, and, and sometimes they don't even say, I love the Lord. They don't, it, it don't come across their mouth. They just say, I believe in the Lord. And they'll leave it at that. And they want you to think that they're Christian because they say, I believe in the Lord. Well, I got news for you. The devil believes too. That's what it says in the book of James, chapter 2. Go on and read it. Go on ahead and read the chapter, uh, chapter two of the Book of James, and it tells you that the devil believes too. So you know, I believe it's got to be different than the devil. If the devil believes too, and we've got to believe, and you got Christians running around saying, "Well, I believe in Jesus, so that's enough." Oh, is that right? Well, then what you've done is you put yourself the same exact way Jesus uh, said, uh, or uh, James said, which was Jesus' half brother. He said the devils do the same exact thing. They believe too. So don't sit there and tell me that you, uh, just because you believe in the Lord, that everybody ought to think you a Christian. No, that's not what the Bible says. It's going to show up in your actions. It's going to show up in how you love. And what this says here is, love doesn't rejoice in iniquity. Are you rejoicing in iniquity? You say, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to say who the person's name is, but I had somebody tell me not too long ago, that um, specific, this specific person, uh, they were watching uh, at one time before, uh, you know, the 19 and kids, 19 kids and counting, um, that family there. I can't, their name eludes me right at this very minute. Uh, but uh, anyway, they had a lot of kids and they were on the television. And, you know, uh, I know they were not Pentecostal. I get all that. We are apostolic Pentecostal and all that kind of thing. But I, I want to say, when I, the few times that I did watch that, I saw they really had a mind to want to serve the Lord. They really had a mind to want to live for the Lord, and I believe that they have uh, every intention on trying to do that. Now, 
I will say, do I agree with every one of their beliefs? No, I, I don't believe in in all of the things that they believe. I've read some of the things. But I'm certainly not here to try to bring them down or belittle them or anything of the sort because, uh, you know, God, He don't want us doing that kind of thing. He wants us to encourage people to serve the Lord, to get on and and, and find more truth and, and allow ourselves to grow in truth. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost will lead us into all truth. And so that's uh, how we want to look at that. But this person said to me that her and her friend were sitting watching this show. The Duggards, that's their name. I knew it was going to come to me. And she said that her and her friend, and she started laughing when she told me. Now, I don't understand why people tell me some things and then they're going to laugh and they, they're going to think I'm going to accept what they're saying, knowing full well that I am a preacher that believes in separation from the world and treating people right and acting uh, like God wants you to act. And why are they going to tell me something like that? But she did. She went on and she started laughing. She said, <laughs> uh, yeah, me and my friend, we was, we was watching that. And, uh, and she said, we, and, and my friend said, I wish one of those girls would just break out and, and we'd find out she was a prostitute. And I, I, I about fell out of my chair. Now, I don't mean that in a little sense, but I mean, it shocked me. It shocked me. Now, that's what that means when somebody say that. You know, it's a form of speech, you know, a euphemism for something or another. And the, 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 the euphemism was I was shocked. You know, when I say I was about ready to fall out of my chair, when she said that means I was shocked with what was coming out of her mouth. And she said, yes, her, her and her friend. She said, we just kept watching that. And they, they just, you know, trying to act like they're holy and this, that, and the other. And, da, 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 da. and this girl that was talking, she was raised in a holiness church. Both of them were. They were raised in a holiness church. They, they knew all about holiness that the Pentecostal people teach. Yes, sir. Now, I know some, some Pentecostals don't preach holiness, and, and some of them, they say they got holiness up on the, bo on the board where their name's at and got holiness in the middle of the name, and you walk in there and it don't look like none sort. None of sort, not of such. But uh, this young lady began to tell me that her and her friend sat there and they were wanting, hoping that some of those girls would break out and find out they were a prostitute or they did some kind of terrible thing. Do you know that's exactly what it talks about right here? Re love don't rejoice in iniquity. That's what that means, folks. You don't, you don't sit there and want something bad to happen to somebody. That's rejoicing in iniquity, especially if something does happen. And, and then she went on to tell me that when all of the different things that started happening with the brother that went to prison and just different things like that, that uh, her friend was sitting there, oh, see, I told you. Oh, I just knew it. And so on and so forth like that. This is exactly what the Bible's talking about right here. You don't rejoice in iniquity. You are not to do that. And and for anybody that was sitting there watching that family, knowing that, that they took the time to pray about whether or not they wanted those cameras to come up in their house anyway. Now, I got some news for y'all. How many of you, you got yourself a house that's so perfect and your family's so perfect you ain't got nothing hidden under the woodwork? Come on now. You know that ain't true. Would you want somebody rejoicing in your problems and your struggles? And the Lord says, no, love don't do that. So you know what that told me about those two young ladies? They'd fallen out of love with Jesus. 
Because if you're going to love Jesus, you're not going to be rejoicing in the iniquity of somebody falling into sin. You ought to be willing to pray for him and say, come on, brother, get up. Come on, I'm going to help you up. I want to pray for you. I want to help you. I want to I want to help you get yourself back on your feet. I want to pray and encourage you. That's what love ought to do. Not rejoicing in it. Amen. You say you sound like you're upset. I am upset. I am upset because I know that there's a lot of folks out there that act and behave the same way. And the Bible says love don't do that. It does not rejoice in iniquity. That's a shame when the people, people who claim to be the people of God, you're doing it. I mean, the world's going to do it. We know the world's going to do that. The world rejoices in iniquity. But the love of God does not do that. And so where did your love of the Lord go? Hmm? Were you baptized with that Holy Ghost? According to this young lady, both of these young ladies have been baptized with the Holy Ghost and they've been raised in, in the Pentecostal church and taught the way of the Lord, taught how to love people and taught that you've got to love your enemy just as well as, as your family, anybody else. Now how dare you sit there and rejoice in iniquity? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be down on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me! For rejoicing in iniquity. Forgive me, Lord, for wanting somebody to fall into sin. Oh, Lord, help us, Jesus, to understand what true love really means. we got to get a right mind about true love, not rejoicing in iniquity. And then it says, but love... The, the word is not there, but as you go on and you read from verse 1 on down, that is always uh, the, the, the thrust of what's being said through the whole chapter here. And so it says, but rejoiceth in the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. In the truth. Now, if somebody has sinned, and maybe they're not telling the truth, and maybe there's victims, and the truth needs to come out, well, that's true. The truth needs to come out. The truth is what needs to be uh, said. But when it's saying rejoice in truth, we've got to be careful what we're translating that to mean. We've got to be real careful what that means uh, when it's coming out of the Word of God. Well, I rejoiced in truth. The truth was they did this or that or the other. You better be real careful because the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you look at the book of James, you're going to find out that you need to be careful about those that fall because if you start pointing fingers, you better be careful because you might be the next one to fall. And are you going to have anybody there to lift you up or are you going to reap what you sow and you're going to have the same thing coming at you and people pointing their fingers at you? you got to be careful. And so love rejoices in the truth. In other words, we want truth to prevail. Well, let's take that in a different direction. These people were doing their very best. Now, I'll be honest with you. If somebody had come to us, we had nine kids. We didn't have 19, but we had nine. And if somebody would have came to me and said, you know, we want to put y'all on the television, and, and, and there was a lot of things, and a lot of things they believed we believed. You know, our girls, they didn't wear pants. And and they were taught. They dressed different than, than the men. And they had skirts or dresses, and they were modest. And, uh, you know, our boys didn't run around in, uh, in the uh, shorts and tight tops and all that kind of thing. We taught them to be modest as well. 
and uh, you know our girls, they they look look like decent young ladies, and um, you know, so some of those things I understand the uh, the the thought and the idea of expressing the truth in your daily life, in your daily walk with God. And you know why so many people, when they look at people that believe in an outward holiness as well as an inward holiness, you know the people that got something to say in a negative way? It's because they feel something. They feel something. It makes them feel like they are not doing what God wants them to do. Now they will shake their head and they will tell you that's not true. But deep inside their soul, they know it's true. They know it's true. And so if we're going to look at this properly, first of all, we've already talked about rejoicing not in iniquity. But if we're going to rejoice in the truth, we've got to find out what that means. Now, if you go to John 14 and 6, huh? well, what does is, what is Jesus say in John 14 and 6? Huh? I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn there because I want to read it straight out of the Word of God. I don't want not one word uh, missed because we, we need to see what Jesus says. It's what Jesus said. All right, John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, because Thomas said, Lord, uh, right before that in verse 5, Thomas had said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Now that, that road way, it, or that word way, excuse me, I'm getting tongue-tied. That word way, it means a road or a route or a highway. And y'all know, that if you're going to be going somewhere, you better get on the right highway. I remember one time I took a family. Uh, I said, well, I'll take you to the airport. I know how to get to the airport. Well, I, I got there just fine taking them. And then whenever the plane came back uh, about a week and a half later, and I went to pick them up. And when I left that airport, I made one wrong turn. And I ended up going the opposite direction, the literal opposite direction I was supposed to go in. And I didn't know it until I was just way out in the middle of nowhere. And so you've got to get on the right highway or you're going to get lost. And so Jesus said, I am the way. But he didn't just say I'm the way or the road or the route or the highway. He said he, he, said he was the truth. Jesus said, I'm the truth. And he said, I'm the life. And he also says, ain't nobody going to get to the Father but through me, by me or through me. You can't get to the Father except through him. And Jesus said he is the truth. So how in the world can we look at this verse, uh, well, you know, when we're uh, learning about love, if you want to twist it and you want to say, well, the truth is they were doing wrong. You've got that completely twisted as to what that means. If that's what you think that means. Love rejoices in truth. It rejoices in truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, truth, and life. So uh, what is Jesus' truth? Do you think Jesus would be rejoicing in somebody falling into sin? Not one time did Jesus rejoice in people falling into sin. Not one time did Jesus go around gossiping instead of praying for folks and trying to lift them up and encourage them when they've fallen. Jesus is not like that. Jesus loves us and cares about us, and he wants us to, uh, to know that he's there. What, if, what about when, when we've fallen? Huh? Have, have you never fell? Now, the Bible does say that, that uh, the Lord can keep us from falling. But I got a question for you. Do you know anybody that's ever fallen that was maybe close to you? Or maybe you yourself, maybe you've fallen? Maybe, just maybe, 
like these two young ladies, I think they don't realize they've fallen themselves. And they've fallen into a deep pit. And they need to repent and turn and go the other way. Because love rejoices in the truth. In other words, what is Jesus saying about truth? He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So that means we've got to follow his example. We've got to see what Jesus' example is like about truth. If we're going to rejoice in truth, what's Jesus' example of truth? Jesus certainly was not behaving that way, rejoicing in iniquity. And so we've got to make a turnaround, folks, if that's what we're doing. We're going to have to get our mind made up. We're going to love people. If you know somebody that's fallen, help them, encourage them, pray for them. We'll sit there and get on the phone and gossip over or get a message going on out and doing all the kind of stuff that, you know, nowadays people could destroy somebody's life in just, just a few little clicks on somebody's phone or computer. You can destroy somebody's life. And it ought not be that that's the word coming out of the mouth of a Christian. Ought not be. And so we've got to rejoice not in iniquity, but we've got to rejoice in truth. The truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus showed us and taught us even to love our enemy. Even our enemy. Hmm? Do you rejoice when you see maybe even your enemy fall? Got to be careful now. Jesus told us to love our enemy. And I'm going to tell you what, Jesus knows what love looks like. And we're going to meet him one day. You and I are going to meet him. And when you meet him, you better be ready. But if we don't have this love thing straight, I'm telling you what, you're not going to be ready. If you're being vindictive and hateful and rejoicing in people sinning or falling, and you're not rejoicing in the honest truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and how he walks and, and, and how we're supposed to follow his example, I'm going to tell you what, you're not going to be ready. And I'm reminded of the man that Jesus spoke about. He built his barns. And he tore them down and he built more. And he just kept on and on and on. And then finally... He said, oh, I'm going to take my ease. I've been building all this and i got all this going on. And Jesus said, you fool! Don't you know that your soul is required of you tonight? How do you know your soul's not required of you tonight? Huh? You and I don't know. You might think you do, you do but you don't. Jesus is the only one know. He's the only one going to know when you're going to take your last breath. He knows the very second that you're going to take your last breath. And so if we've got some of these things out of line concerning the love of God and we've been sitting there rejoicing in iniquity, that's another reason for you to sit there and be careful what you're watching on those one-eyed demons called a television. Are you rejoicing in the iniquity that comes across that screen? You better change that channel. Amen. You rejoicing in iniquity, you better, you better know where your heart is and what you're doing. Because God don't want us to rejoice in iniquity. That is not love. It's not love. God says that is absolutely not love. And so let's go the way of God. Let's go the way God wants us to go. Down the highway of love, according to Jesus Christ. He's the road. He's the way. He's the route. And Jesus knew nothing but pure love. What an example he gave you and I. And so with that said, I would like to close with a prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had for these last days or so.
to talk about love the Bible way. And I'm asking your holy mighty God to help us, to teach us what love really looks like. Help us to understand that we are not to rejoice in iniquity. Oh God, help us if we have. And may we repent. And Lord, you said we ought to be rejoicing in what's true. The truth of your word. Pure, holy truth. Blessed God, help us to understand those things and convict us of our sin if we've dared rejoice in iniquity. Help us, Jesus. And we pray all these things in your precious name because it's holy and right and we are to do all things in your name. And so we pray all this in Jesus' name, believing that you're going to convict us and touch us and move on us and deal with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And so may we get this love thing straight. May we do what God is asking us to do. And I would encourage y'all, if you would, uh, look over the, the archives that we've got going on. We've been uh, talking about what does God's love look like for a while. And maybe I could encourage you. Now, I'm going to say this. I ain't, you know, all that in a bag of chips. Anybody know what I mean by that? Now, I love chips. I can't always eat them, but I love them anyhow. But, um, you know, I don't claim to have all the answers. But I'll tell you what God's Word does. Hallelujah! Thank you. And we've got to get the whole Word of God down in our soul. And so, you know, maybe I've been able to help you and encourage you as the Lord has led me and opened my mouth to say some things. Maybe you could look back on those podcasts that we got going on and we've been talking about love and, and reassess whether we're really there or not. And maybe the Holy Ghost will even add a few things on from what I've said too. Because I'm not I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Ghost. I'm just I'm just a you know just a mouthpiece. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, may God help you. May God help me. May God teach us what true love of the Lord really looks like. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again. And uh we will um um uh, pray that the Lord will, that we're going to come together again uh, this coming Friday and uh, have a blessed time on this podcast. And may I encourage y'all, uh, we also have on YouTube, we have the Eunuch Preacher. If you look up the Eunuch Preacher, and that is uh, the words, uh, Eunuch is spelled with a capital U, uh, a capital, excuse me, I always misspell it, my goodness. Uh, it's capital E-U-N-U-C-H, the Eunuch Preacher. Now, i got reasons why it's called that, and we're not going to that right now. But anyhow, and don't think that you think, uh, you know, don't, don't get to thinking that you think you know. You might not know. But anyhow, so look up uh, the eunuch preacher on YouTube, and we've got Wednesday night Bible study. That's going to be coming up tomorrow night. And every Wednesday night, we, uh, uh, by the help and grace of God, we have Bible study. We, uh, you know, we have a little bit of singing and prayer, but we really like to get in the Word and study the Word of God. And we've been talking about Solomon's temple and how it applies to the temple, our bodies, uh, the temple of the Holy Ghost now. And so we've, we've uh, just, uh, the Lord has just really blessed us through that, and I'm, I'm grateful. I don't mean that I, you know, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I mean, God has even been, I, I told somebody yesterday, I said, you know, when I've been doing these lessons and I, and, and God give me certain things to, to talk about, you know, as we go through uh, learning about the Temple of Solomon and all of that. And I say, you know, I said, I, I can write my notes and I can say, well, this is what the Lord, you know, put on my heart to talk to people. 
but as I get to preaching and I get to teaching and God just it begins to speak to me while I'm actually teaching and talking to me and teaching me and saying, you know, and even a couple of times just convicting me while I was teaching. Say, you know, you got to get to, you, you, right in the middle of me preaching and teaching. And so God knows how to do it up. I'll tell you what. And we've got to let God convict our hearts. We've got to let the Lord talk to us and, and, and deal with us and, and let what God says in his word be so in our lives. We, we, we don't want to sit there and pretend to be a Christian. Ain't no sense in being a pretend Christian. If you're going to be a pretend Christian, why don't you just go out in the world? Because it don't doing the church no good. Being a pretend Christian does not do the church a bit of good. Not at all. Now, if you want to serve the Lord, and I know some people that say, well, it's better for them to be in the house of God. Well, but if you're going to go around stirring up trouble, I'm not sure that I agree with that. If you're going to go around stirring up trouble and, and causing all kinds of havoc in the church, I'm not sure that I agree with that. You need to get on. Because, uh, you know, when uh, the Corinthian church, they had to deal with somebody that was uh, just uh, committing sin and doing all kinds of stuff and stirring up trouble. And they said, you know, this is going to, it, it, a little bit of leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Leaven is like yeast. All you need is just a little bit to explode the bread into a larger piece of dough than what it is in the bowl. And so, uh, you know, uh, we've, we've got to be thinking about that. A little bit of sin, it, it can be very destructive. And so, let's think about love. And not just what the... We don't want to think about what the world says, but, but not just one or two verses of the Bible. No, let's look at all of it. God's whole word. Let's look at it all. And so, I encourage you to go over those podcasts. And, and then also, I'd like to let you know also... On the Eunuch Preacher, where you can uh, find that uh, on YouTube, the Eunuch Preacher. We also have our Saturday worship service uh, called the Sabbath Worship Services, and you'll see the archives of that. And we just encourage you to uh, look at those uh, services as well, and uh, hope that you would be blessed. Now, those are much longer, much longer services. We have a lot of singing and worship and all of that uh, included with the, the message. Now, some of my messages have been very long, and I am trying to shore it up. But I would encourage you to look at some of those messages, even if they are maybe some of them long. You say, "Woo, three hours. I don't know. Well, you know what? I, I've been in church three and four hours and nothing flat. I've, I've been through that before many times. I, I've been in church like seven days a week at one point in my life when we had revivals back in the day when they did them, you know, four, five, six, seven days a week. And some people say, well, I, I can't imagine. Well, that's because you're probably fleshly and carnal and you need to repent. Because if God is going to call us, he might call us to, to do a, a five-day-a-week revival. He might call us to do a six-day-a-week revival. You never know. And you're going to say you, you can't do? Why? Because you're too tired? You know, we, we're going to have to get allow this flesh to get under the subjection of the Holy Ghost. I mean, who knows what God's going to call us to do? But anyway, may God bless you and keep you. And, um, and, and you know, like I said, let's, let's look over these things. That's you know about love and i know some people they say well you just sometimes you speak so harsh you think you uh, that's love listen some don't you know that a, a father you know if if there's some things going on and i'm telling you what i am looking around and i'm seeing so much stuff going on in what claims to be the church and it's just disturbing it's absolutely disturbing and so we've got to get some of these things corrected and god's going to put a word in somebody's mouth to do 
You know, God called certain people to come along and say certain things. And I'm going to tell you, I, I argued with God and I fought with God. I said, God, I don't want to tell him. I don't want to say this and I don't want to say that. And the Lord said, do or I can find somebody else. And, and you know, I, I didn't want nobody to take my place. And, you know, and then the Lord, after a while, a good long while, the Lord said, I don't want you to be afraid of their faces. He said, you tell them what I told you, and that's that. He said, you tell them what my word says, and that is that. His word is settled in heaven, folks. We, we, we ain't got no business trying to settle it. It's already settled. God's word is already settled. You can't turn around and try to settle it again. It's already settled. It's already done. Amen and hallelujah. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. And God bless.